1: When they come to take you down. And when they come to call on you. And drag your poor body down. it's only one thing I'm going to ask of all of you regular people. Just for me. Please forget you knew my name. Let me make a correction. It's not even about the regular people today. It's about lonely people. All of you lonely people who are lonely like me. Yeah, just don't tell them that you know me. Oh, you thought you were the cool fool. Yes, I did. Oh, my goodness. Never could do no wrong. Ouch. had Had everything sewed up tight. But how come you lay awake all night long? (laughs) Yeah, just one thing, fellow lonely people. Just one thing for me. Yeah, forget you know my name. Anyway, people. Happy Lonely Guy Friday. And yes, because I don't have any of my co-passengers today, I will say this if you're tuning into here here Heel Squad with Maria Menunos, you've tuned into our Friday show, which often is regular guy Friday, sometimes lonely guy Friday. I think we're going to be very lonely for the next couple months because I am going to be all over the globe it seems. That said, please don't give us a one-star review. Because you didn't get Maria, you can turn turn your phone off. You can press that pause button, go back into our library, Monday through Thursday. It's all Maria, all the time, or most of the time. Sometimes I back her up a little bit, but 99% of the time it's Maria. And that's just one thing I ask of you. One thing for me. Please forget you know my name, and don't leave us a one-star negative review because it's not Maria. How about that? So yes, so we are The Friday Show. A little more relaxed, a little more chill for the regular people like myself and, uh, yeah, for the lonely people like myself. little Grateful Dead. What's interesting with the dead, this song was written about, I think, about a criminal and his fellow criminal friends. And it was them saying goodbye to each other and don't turn me in if you get caught and maybe I'll see you later. If you don't get caught, or something to that effect, but I don't know why it spoke to me in a different way. Interesting enough, did you know that songs, just like media, books, and anything we consume, is actually a form of hypnosis? How about that, Doctor Phil? Catch me outside. But yeah, it is, and it's because I'm wondering, like, why everybody just today just seems—it does seem like it's a virus in everyone's brain, and again, on all sides. And when I was talking to the great Ida Kendall, my sensei, she was quick to point out, she said, it's not that necessarily it's a virus, or it could be, she said, but it's more of um, we're all under a, a degree of hypnosis, and some of us more than others. So when I hear that song, it has a different meaning to me. Um, it's actually not the meaning of the song, but who knows what spells putting me under it. And by the way, I, I've been singing it to my daughter. On a nightly basis we have our time that's my time i go home and i do the hot tag steve the steamer would know what that is in a tag team when your partner's in the ring taking all the bumps taking all the beatings and you you've got your hand out just wanting to be tagged in and if it's good if the your opponents are bad guys or heels they'll continue to pull your partner away and then finally when your partner can escape and make the tag. It's called the hot tag. And then in comes the other person to just clean house. So when I get home, I get the hot tag with little Athena. And hopefully it's the last feed of the day. Might be changing the diapers. And sometimes just just walking around the, around the property holding her. And it's interesting. She, I think her personality, she looks like me. But I think her personality is going to be like my wife. Going to be like Maria. Because from what Maria's mom had told me about Maria is Maria walked at a very young age, talked at a very young age, and never wanted, didn't want to be held so much. She just wanted to get to the adventure of life. And since Athena was a month and a half, two months, when everyone's at the table, she insists on being able to sit with her back to your stomach so she can face the table. So she feels like she's part of it. So even when I, if I spin her, if I Obviously, there's times when she's falling asleep. I'll hold her tight where her head will fall on my shoulder with a burp cloth. She's a big spitter, you guys. boo boy. And I actually don't mind. Everyone's oh, the smells gross. I'm like, I don't know. It just uh, smells like stale milk, but it reminds me of her in her skin. So I don't mind it. But she likes to be put the other way. So she can see out. So if she's ever crying, I, if I reverse her so she can look out the window or we go on walks and she can see what's around, she calms right down. Or if I put her in that chair, I forget there's a name for it, or there's this chair that you press a button and it, sw- it moves a little bit, it swings a little bit. But not that I even put her on the swing version, just for her to sit there and be able to face everybody or face you, she's happy. But yeah, we do our songs together. And it's, I, think, I think she's into music. So I go through all of my, classic rock. And of course, I do sing her Athena by the Who, And a lot of those lyrics seem to just line right up. I had no idea how much I needed her. Athena. I digress already. I have digressed. By the way, guys, I forgot to say, even though we're lonely, we fooled them again. We made it to another Friday, made through the week, to our day. Friday is your day, even for the lonely people. By the way, I'm going to go out right now. This is, these are the risks I take on this show. I'm going to take a big risk right now. This could get me canceled. I'm going to say it anyway. Friday is even more for the lonely person than it is for the regular person. How about that? Friday is our day. It's the lonely. Maybe if there's a loneliest day of the week, it actually could be Friday. But then again, it could be the day of the lonely person. Because the lonely person has, let's face it, has had nothing but a hard time for the last six days, right? Anyone's entitled to a day. It's us who are lonely. So this lonely Friday is yours, your day, not your boss's, not your partner. Uh, your children can share it with your animals. We've said this before, but for everyone else, it is your day. It just We were talking about Athena. I was trying to think of what were the what could be the greatest attributes or gifts or tr- you know traits that I could bring out in her or nurture along or uh, give her. And I think there's the ones that are given. Obviously, you know, you want her to be ethical and confident and all those other things. But I feel like self-reliance is so important. And Maria and I go back and forth on that. Not that Maria disagrees with it, but I'm very self-reliant. And I'm never one to leave it to the judges. I'm always the one who says, hey, let's just, I'm not going to depend on the system. Like in our business and show business, I'm not going to depend on that. I'm going to make my own content, make my own film, make my own way. I I just have never been one to like the odds and never been one to leave it to the judges, as they say. But I think there's something to be said for that. I've seen Maria like, but on the other hand, there's a maybe it's a, I don't know, maybe it's a double-edged sword because maybe if they're too self-reliant, then they won't ask for help when they need to or they won't expect help when they should have help or they won't have a healthy sense of entitlement. I don't know. Here's the good news about Maria being the yang to my ying is I feel like we'll get there. Now, let's hope Maria Queenie and I are not narcissists.
0: to do anything else it is incredible i love it frizz free up your schedule with way go to the way t-h-e-o-u-a-i.com and enter the promo code heal squad for 15 percent off any product that's the way t-h-e-o-u-a-i.com promo code heal squad trust me you won't regret it
1: the reason i bring it up is because i had a deep dive this week on children of narcissists and if you hear me call them cons capital C, capital O, capital N, that would be short for children of narcissists. But I know a lot of people who listen to Heal Squad either were raised by narcissists or deal with a lot of narcissists on a daily basis, whether it's friends, bosses, co-workers. Dr. Drew wrote this great book on like 10 years ago on how this was the epidemic of epidemics, the increased level of narcissism in our society. And that was 10 years ago, but I personally believe he was onto something. but deep diving into the children of narcissists, I thought was very revealing, and I wanted to share some stuff with with you all, and hopefully it'll resonate with you in some way, shape, or form, as we say in Boston. Children of narcissists can be less successful because they don't engage in healthy risk due to the fact they're afraid of making a mistake from the perfectionistic parent. Now, by the way, and I love this quote, perfectionism is the mortal enemy of creativity. And I can't tell you how many people do not start businesses or projects, renovations, whatever, because they're so concerned with it being perfect. They're either trying to perfect it or they know it can't be perfect, so they won't even try at all. And yeah, I love that quote. It's the mortal enemy of creativity because I think being creative, you have to be loose, you have to be free. You have to throw stuff out there and you have to know you're going to make mistakes. It's funny, my, my old friend Randall, who I always quote, but his grandmother had taught him when it came to renovations to not be afraid and to be creative and and he would always say to me you can't with renovations you can't be afraid because sometimes you would say i don't know what is this color going to look like what is this this new cabinet going to look like this new pe-? and i always went back to it, don't be afraid but again if you're a perfectionist then that's going to block you from trying something that might be messy that might be sloppy and i've always come from the place that everything's fixable anyway so I would rather get a 90 page script that for example in, in screenwriting I would rather get a 90 page script that was messy and fix it rather than have to start from scratch. And I know other people might feel differently, but I always tell writers when they come to me for notes, I will assure them like you did the heavy work. You your idea was amazing. Your what you did with the characters and all the stuff this world that you built, you did the heavy lifting. Now it's about polish. But and that always also goes to my Kev's 80 20 rule is that someone or there's a skill set to do 80% of the heavy lifting and then that 20% of the polish. And I always use football as an analogy because football, when you're on that one yard line, you have to get down that, you have to go 100 yards downfield to score a touchdown. And when you're on the one yard line, it's probably, there's no worse position, I don't think, to be in in football unless it was inches on that yard line. But the skill set it takes to get from 80 yards down that field to the 20-yard line is phenomenal. And then the last 20 yards, they call it the red zone. That's why they call, they'll, call if you ever hear the term red zone offense or red zone defense, it's how good the team is at defending that red zone or scoring the touchdowns in the red zone. And with Maria and I frequently, I'm the one who can get the ball downfield 80 yards. And she'll come in for the red zone. And sometimes that flips. Sometimes she's the 80 and I'm the 20, sometimes. But most of the time it's that way. But the one thing I'll always say to her and to other people, do not diminish the person who did the 80 yards because it's freaking hard. And someone had to do it, Have had someone had to have had the guts to say, I'm going to do it, I'm going to put myself out there, or I'm going to put in all this time or all this effort,
0: whatever. So it's
1: just something to be said there to salute that. little side note about when people don't take healthy risks. For children of narcissists or not, People who don't take healthy risks tend to become bitter. And here's the problem with it. They end up taking that bitterness out on other people who are taking the risks. Tell me you don't see that with friends who are jealous or God, the people who are spewing out such toxicity on social media. And this was the interesting thing, too, is the fact that they do this so they don't have to confront their own shame for not taking the healthy risk and for not being perfect. It's funny. We had I don't know why two months ago. I wish God. I wish the girls were here to remind me who it was. It was a. It was a, some expert came up and really attractive couple, and both of them were uh, influencers and uh, pulled up in a very nice car. And you know when and I don't even know if we went over the their story on air, but when we found out their story, there was just massive abuse that one of them in particular had endured. Terrible and. Her uh, or his journey to get past that and become successful just was something that I found very attractive and I wanted to salute. And yet, we had friends in from out of town that were visiting and they were just, by appearances, hating on these people. And this makes sense to me. Rather than saluting these people for what they did or what they went through and what they earned, they were poking holes at them and just being negative. And I think it was, in some way, these people pushed Maria's friend's buttons, where they felt insecure about their lives, where they weren't taking healthy risk. And then, obviously, their reaction, not their response, their reaction was to spew hate and be negative and be jealous. And when when I got to talk to Ida about all of this stuff and just how the universe works, we were talking about narcissism and the children of narcissism, and then it all just opened this floodgates and it just started connecting all these dots for me. Back to the children of narcissists, they over-identify with their actions because the narcissist parent personalizes everything. Okay, let me say that again. Children of narcissists over-identify with their actions. Okay, there's one part there that we need to deconstruct, and then the second part because the narcissist parent personalizes everything. Now, as to the latter, for example, instead of telling you, maybe the parent tells you that was a stupid choice, The narcissist parent will say, how can you be so stupid? So they're personalizing the issue, and now you're not only going to identify, you're going to identify with whatever action you took. This action, this choice was stupid, okay, but that was your choice that was stupid. It wasn't you that was stupid, but unfortunately, with a narcissist parent, you'll see yourself as stupid. In all that, I think we all have to remember, and this was a Taylor Swift thing, that I remember her here saying at one of her shows, or I think Maria saw her at a private concert a few years ago, and she said, you are not your choices. She And I always thought, I don't know, it always moved me. But we do have to remember, we're not our choices, we're not our actions, we're not our fears, we're not even our thoughts. But the problem is so many of our thoughts can manifest into reality. But the thought themso- the thoughts themselves are actually temporary, don't really have the power, it's just that we give them that by dwelling on them That's when those thoughts become a part of who we are. And I know it's easier said than done, but that's why shushing ourselves and subconscious therapies, unconscious therapies, creating new neural pathways in the brain is so important because we do this probably because of how we were raised or maybe from society or both. We start seeing our choices and our actions and all those other things, our thoughts is who we are. And it's not true. Now, I'm verbalizing it to you all, but trust that. I identify with all of those, and that's why it came up in therapy. So it's not something that I'm like pontificating to you all because I need to work on this, but I think verbalizing it and raising awareness is going to help me. So thank you for indulging me, but I'm hoping also it helps you. What's funny, I think it was a few weeks ago we were talking about others not seeing us, how painful it is, or how narcissists not seeing us, why narcissists don't see us, or how not being seen is painful, and how we really can't be diminished. When they don't see us they don't see us because they can only see themselves that's why they're narcissists but here was the interesting like caveat that i didn't talk about when we brought it up was that the importance of us acknowledging our own logging longings to be seen because i want to be seen and the one thing that i hear from a lot of people especially women is even if they don't verbalize it and say i don't feel like i'm seen they say it without saying it like i'm really good at this but how come i'm the one in the office that doesn't get the credit or in my house, I'm the one doing everything, but yet uh, they just want more from me. The thing is, we do have to acknowledge that we have those longings and that it's okay to have those longings and it's actually normal. Or let me do mom speak, it's normal. And instead of shaming that longing or burying it, we all just have to admit that we have a form of this longing to be seen and to be recognized for who we really are. But the more we shame and bury that feeling, and this is what's scary, is the more tempted. We are to annihilate that longing to be seen, which is that longing to be seen, that's part of your child's self. So in essence, we're, by trying to eliminate that longing, we're eliminating our child self. Like when we were little, we want, of course, every little kid wanted to be seen. And this is the where the trap door opens. And then when we annihilate the child self, it can be suicide. Now, mind you, this was another thing we got into. It could actually be suicide, but there are all different kinds of suicide, okay? There's professional suicide. I've done that. <laughs> Relationship suicide. No, I've never done that. Yeah, I've done that. Emotional suicide. Artistic suicide. Creative suicide. Intellectual suicide. There's so many versions of suicide where we have killed parts of ourselves because of this very thing. Again, I'm guilty of all of the above, which is why I verbalize it. But anyway, I just I know it's thrown a lot at you, especially in our first segment, but it just I don't know, it just really got my wheels turning. And when I think of the people I coach or talk to or the certainly our fan base, it feels like a lot of that resonates. On this Lonely Guy Friday, if that resonates with you, please let me know on Patreon or certainly on iTunes. Well let Maria know. I have to get her approval. All right. You guys, I'm gonna take a quick break. And when I come back, I wanna go over the term familiarity breeds contempt. But there's a deeper, there's deeper meanings behind all of that and why people do get contemptuous with you. And, oh, someone who came on our show said this. Familiarity is degrading. So we're going to get into that in the next segment. All right, we will be right back. You know what? This song I don't think it conjures a lot of loneliness. It's making me feel a little less lonely. The great Debbie Gibson, aka Deborah Gibson, and I think back to Debbie Gibson. By the way, she's a great follow on Instagram if you have it. Wonderful spirit. I haven't done any name drops on this Friday. Her and I had a nice friendship. We flew together one time. And, of course, I had to ask her the all-important question. I'm actually watching the video. So fun. Oh, the 80s. It's always fun to play at college parties. (laughs) Yes, I, I said, tell me about Dance Party USA. (laughs) Now, these dance shows, totally forgotten by the new generation. Goes back to the, I don't know, probably the late 50s, American Bandstand, Soul Train, Club MTV seemed like it was the last of them. But Dance Party USA on the USA Network somewhere in the 80s. And it's a really, I don't know if you ever on YouTube, really fun views to watch all the 80s white kids dance. (laughs) It's really funny. And she was like, yeah, I did it a bunch of times. And then I said, okay, I know you've probably seen Kelly Rippa since then. I'm like, have you ever talked to her? Now, Kelly Rippa, this was her first job. She was a regular on Dance Party USA. And uh, now this was God, 10 years ago. I had this flight. <laughs> Debbie goes, no, she doesn't talk about it. Interesting. So I keep forgetting every time that Maria hosts Kelly and Mark, I keep forgetting to sneak that in there. So I think I'm going to I'm find an opening. I want to see what she thinks of. I want to hear about her thoughts. Needless to say, okay, I'm digressing, but a lot of fun. Here we go. I'm a super talented musician and singer and so passionate about the music. I have to revisit my friendship with Deb. Anyway, where we're already digressing in segment two, you guys. Oh my goodness. Yeah, where was I now? I think we were talking about, yeah, bitterness. <laughs> People who are bitter and have contempt for other people who are successful, and sometimes how it comes from the fact that they haven't taken healthy risks themselves, and maybe that could be from the way they were parented. But we always say that term familiarity breeds contempt. When you someone knows you very well, they're content, they're, they hold you in contempt. They are They take you for granted. They take advantage of you. They are disrespectful, whatever the case is. But one thing that that came up, there was a, like I said, there was a person who came onto our show a few weeks ago and talked about familiarity. I think when, when he was talking about old friends from college and high school and when you move on and graduate from them. And, oh, and I don't want to forget this either, being overly or under generous with a low vibrating person leads to contempt. So on the note of contempt, it might not just be familiarity, but when you're overly or under generous with someone who's not at the same level you are, same frequency you are, they're going to be contemptuous. But when you go to a high level of personal familiarity with, again, a low-frequency person, they also go to contempt. In other words, they get contemptuous of the higher frequency, higher script person. And apparently they do this because they use their contempt to sue themselves for where they're falling short in their own lives. If you have, if parents out there told a lot of their kids they were inherently superior, superior but without Putting the work in, let's say, and then they come out into the world and they find out that to be better or have more, you've got to work hard to earn that. But if their mindset is that they're inherently superior already, that makes them feel inferior, and their response is they attack. So going back to that first segment, I think that's why the Maria's like old friends had come up and they were, you know, attacking these people because those people made them somehow feel inferior because they. Inherently felt themselves to be superior. But as we know, as you've heard me say many times, you can scam all you want, but you got to work. You got to put the work in to get to any level of worthy, any achievement, I think. But getting to the part familiarity is degrading, that was, that really moved me. I said, what does that even mean? And I think it was, I forgot, I'm so sorry, I don't know who the guest was because I want to give them credit. But familiarity is degrading because it leads to complacency. So when you get familiar with a certain behavior, a certain pattern, a relationship, anything that you're not not on your toes about, it leads to a complacency. So you're not trying anymore with your partner. You're not trying anymore at your, at your work. You're not trying anymore with your friendships. And that leads to a complacency. And I can see where that would lead to a downward spiral of sorts. Because I, I think any kind of complacency in taking things for granted leads to, it certainly doesn't lead to things going up put it that way, but I also don't think it keeps things the same. I think you start going down. So I don't know, that just, that really moved me, really did. There's something else too. I don't know if, if you've been in a position where you're giving someone advice and you see them get, again, contemptuous. It could be derived from the same thing because they feel they're inherently superior. You giving them advice, and if, especially if it's sound advice, makes them feel inferior. So that's why they will attack. But in the cases, even they don't listen. I noticed that it's a super drain for me now. So someone will ask me for advice, I give them advice, but they're not listening, I, I have to get out immediately because it's exhausting. And when I brought it up to Ida, she said you, certain people are change agents. I love this term. And change agents are the people out there who foster change in others. And If you're a change agent, you have change energy. But the problem is that change energy has to have a place to go. And that's why if you're a change agent, we'll get depressed and lose energy when they don't get a response from the one whom they are advocating for. I hope that makes sense. But for any of you that are putting yourself out there to help other people, and you're constantly being drained because they're not listening, it's okay. It's, it's normal. And no, you are probably a change agent, but you're going to it's going to hit you harder than it is another person when you're going out on a limb and you're giving advice. I just, you know, we've all had those friends who call, and it's a drain because it's all the same problems. It's all the same issues. And it's never resolutioned. And it's never really moving forward. And I think for if you are a change agent or you're someone who always wants to be getting better or moving forward, you it's got to make sense to you why that's just such a drain. But just for those who maybe it doesn't make sense to, I hope knowing this does. And I think it's a good thing if, to be a change agent. That's great. It's great to go help initiate positive change. But I think you just have to be careful where that energy goes. All right, we're going to take one more break because I think I have to. And when we come back, I don't know what we're going to talk about. Let's just say this. Let's say it's, let's call it a grab bag segment. How about that? Grab bag. I just remember, I don't know if at birthday parties anymore, you got a grab bag. Is that a thing anymore? I just remember as a kid, it was so fun to get the grab bag. And the grab bag, was we'll just have all these little trinkets and toys and surprises in them. Now, looking back, it was probably a dollar's worth of stuff. But when you're a kid, it was like, oh, my God, a roll of caps. You probably remember what caps are. Caps, you could hit these things with a rock, and they would, I'm going to say explode. They would make a little pop sound, but they had gunpowder in them. Or you could graze them with the rock, and they would flare. Now, you could put it in a cap gun, but we don't make those anymore. At least I don't think we do. But, yeah. I'm trying to think about the grab bag. Anyway, what a surprise. I digress. One more break, you guys. We'll come back and it's gonna be some kind of grab bag. I don't know. Maybe I'll go in the other room. Maybe I'll see who's available at the studios here to talk to us. I don't know. All that and more on this very lonely Friday. I don't know why Tiffany's song opens with crickets in that opening. Oh, boy. Just like there was a Meg D. Stallion and a Doja Cat, a Bad Baby, and a Wo Vicky. Back in the day, there was a Debbie Gibson and a Tiffany. Now, Tiffany never really... You know what? don't know what her last name is. She's a one-name wonder, like like Madonna, Elvis. Share. It's amazing. She's a teenager here. Performing at the mall. Now listen. For you lonely people, I don't recommend this. But so many of America's malls right where she's performing, I bet you anything's Either is closed down or half closed down. And I don't know, going to those malls just depresses me to no end. We have one in Connecticut, where half the stores are closed. There's one up, there's a beach area I like to go to up north here in California. And there's a dead mall, a half dead mall there too. That was the thing, going to the mall, but hanging at the mall, but not so much anymore. Then it changed to, I think, just probably being at home on YouTube. But Tiffany... I remember when I flew with Debbie Gibson, I, of course, had a second question after dance party Who say was, how are you and Tiffany? As if there was a thing. And sure enough, little did I know, there was a thing. She's, yeah. Oh, and Tiffany always had this great side-to-side dance. That was hers. I remember that was a big deal. She could shuffle her legs. I love that move. But yeah, apparently there was a little heat between Debbie and Tiffany. Now, since then, everything's fine. They've worked past the differences. I think out of the two of them, Debbie's close to her mom. Debbie's mom was very protective of her and very involved in her career. Tiffany, probably not so much. Make your conclusions there, if you would. Okay, we're wrapping this up. a see, doing a deep dive, I went to discover something else. Okay, wow. Okay, okay. So my little deep dive here, I ended up finding a new recording of this very song. I think we're alone now. So Tiffany apparently... Four years ago, re recorded it. And they actually brought it out of a mall and the beach. Tiffany looks very happy. Listen to that. A little deeper voice. I would bet, just watching this, I would bet Tiffany's done some country because she has a very country twang to her, it seems. This is the thing now, artists remaster their stuff. Because after seven years, I mean, you can always remaster, but after seven years, you can, if you remaster the song, it's yours. Something to that effect. Because now you own the recording. A lot of artists are doing that now when they get put into these horrible one-sided contracts like Taylor Swift. She was like, I want my music back. They're like, no. She's like, okay. We'll part ways. And now you'll have an enemy. Congrats. And when the time comes, I will re-record all my stuff. And my fans will support me because they love my music and also because they love me. They'll want to support me emotionally. And now I'll make it all and you'll make nothing. Great line. There's an old CEO I met with years ago said his philosophy was win together or part friends. Win together or part friends. So I've always tried to apply that when I can. Whether it's deal making, working together, not working together. But it's funny, these greedy people, it's okay. Now you're not going to get anything. So, had they said, here, you know, have your stuff back, whatever, you never know. Like they probably would have collaborated on a lot of things in the future. Probably good business would have come their way. But 20th century business folk or 20 people of the 20th century business mindset, unfortunately, are still of that zero sum gain. I don't win in the deal if I don't crush you or I don't get everything. And it just doesn't work anymore. I'll tell you, I'm sorry, the ADD is kicking in. I just, Going back to the new recording of I Think We're Alone Now. And she went into the side-to-side dance, too. Norwalk High School. That must have been where she went to high school, here in California. Oh, kids, you know what? It's been one of my favorite movies, The Freshman. And after this adventure between the Marlon Brando character and the Matthew Broderick character, after they go on this adventure, Matthew Broderick just looks at him and goes, Yeah, it just was. (laughs) So that's what I'm going to say about today and this edition of rgf it it just was it just was oh i don't like this i want everyone to be aware of the trick that that youtube does a lot is someone will put up a popular song title and then you find out it's a cover anyway i digress i just did that i wanted to hear some tony tony orlando and don but not to be you guys it's time to get us out of here i think Time to move on with the rest of our Fridays. I hope... Here we go. I hope your Friday is a little less lonely, and there'll probably have to be some regular guy rewinds coming our way, because my schedule has piled up. I'm going to be in different places around the country, and then around the globe, it seems, but busy is always a good thing, because as we said earlier, you, yes, yep, yeah, knock three times if you want me, and twice on the pipe. <laughs> Tony Orlando. What a time. I think a Greek guy. I have to run that by Maria. I think he was a Greek guy. Needless to say, I lost my train of thought as I was saying goodbye. Oh, yeah. You can scam all you want, but you got to work and I got to work. So hopefully we'll get some lonely guys in for you all and some rewinds over the next few months. But you never know. We might be able to surprise you with an RGF. Who knows? Anyway, you guys, try to remember why even we lonely people are here. Help each other. Learn from mistakes. Have a few laughs along the way. Oh my darling! If the
0: answer is no Whoa, my